Production. Recorded live. Okay, like the man said, recorded live. The date is March 20th, 2018, 9.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we have Bernie on, as per usual. This is going to be a more of a special needs or a specially fitted call. We, we have um, Jesse here, first off, but uh, some other people will be joining in, hopefully, like uh, Gus, Breton, and uh, a few others. So, Bernie, yeah, if you please li- listen to um, uh, Jesse here and his friends have uh, have a church. I want to start talking, Jesse, and then you guys are in need of a trust. So, Bernie, if you could just listen to this story and then see how you could help these guys, because that's I, what the, this call is all about. I mean, okay, listen, so Perfect, perfect. Jesse, if you would go ahead and, and give some background, you know, start at A and, and get to Z as quick as you can, I guess, and uh, and let Bernie, you know, have the overview sites so he can uh, interject. Sure. How's it, how's it going, Bernie? Thanks for coming on to uh, start out these things with us. So uh, Thanks for having me. It's great times. So we got to uh, give you a short a short synopsis of what's going on. Um, we've been, like a lot of other people, just finding our own way in this whole uh, scheme of lawfulness versus legality and uh, becoming, you know, educated over time. So now uh, we've kind of been previously uh, caught up into their into their legal systems with uh, cases with custody and, and uh, sacrament and different things like that that have given us a lot of issues over the last four or five years. And now here we are, we've been uh, studying, we uh, learned a lot about what Carl Lentz has been doing with, uh, you know, coming as a man and dealing with property. And then, uh, and then also, you know, that's, that's another thing related to the common law side of it. But uh, working within the, their system, I was listening to you, Bernie, the other night, uh, Gus had sent me a, an audio that was kind of breaking down a lot of the same ideas where we're trying to go already but i think you articulated maybe a little more clearly and precise uh to get everything included in the exact way so it's all in due time and it's it's lining up right now so what we've been trying to do we've got um, a friend that's in colorado and for the last 10 years or 15 years i think 16 years now he um he previously before there was any legalization of medical or recreational in Colorado, he uh, he started Green Faith Ministries, and uh, he he right now I think he basically put in his uh, paperwork starting it out. Basically, he I think he sued or he was going to sue the state, a federal case against the state, but I don't know if it ever got to that point. I think um, they they settled before anything happened, so. He ended up getting uh, some rulings that have been giving him a favorable position for the last 15 or so years where he can uh, do, I think he's operating under the the church, a charitable church, um, a 501c, I don't know all the numbers, but it's one of those 501c something. And uh, in any case, he has Green Faith Ministries and he is able to go around and uh, grow and distribute.
distribute and do everything process all within um, a church dynamic as a church to church person members and everything has to be um, that way so there's no outside hey, Jesse, Jesse yeah. let me jump in here real, real quick when you say sacrament you're growing I mean you're 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 talking about what I, I, I nobody's I heard yet so yeah okay okay I, I we can I got you we can continue then no problem I think everybody will get it just keep talking sorry <laughs> yep so um so anyway he's been, He's been uh he's been having his success doing that and that's all uh he's got his paperwork in line but he didn't I don't believe he did anything with the trust he just basically had did something with uh, uh something where he filed with the attorney general I believe and then they they negotiated and now he's he's smooth sailing so he doesn't have any issues and we were going to take his his work basically and we were going to since that was a federal um a federal paperwork. We were going to take that and try to use the uh, what is it called? The faith and credit. Where you, what is it called? Uh, where you one full state, faith and credit. Full faith and credit. Um, so and I had a going, question. I had a question before that. Now, when you dealt with the AG, are you saying that the you know the the attorney general uh, honored or, or an injunction or put an injunction? He gave you relief. He's not touching your buddy with with the. What is it, green leaf? I'm sorry, green... Uh, yeah, green face. Greenway? Green, green face, sorry. Green face. So you basically got a notice of confirmation that, hey, the Attorney General says we're, we're not going to proceed against you. And we're not going to take a position. Is it? That's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, um, he had started out, I believe, where he was uh, explaining his grievance, and then it, it ended up being where they uh, negotiated on, or the Attorney General agreed or he basically proceeded and then uh he's he's in a great okay. position as, now as as per religious observance okay i just want to say this and then move along so that that's a good yep. thing your your church your religious society has um has an observance observance that is being recognized by the ag okay continue so, so that's in uh so that's in he's in colorado and that's all based on uh that federal federal state uh complexity one second oh, one second hello and, and uh that dynamic that they've got going on so we're i'm out here in wisconsin but me and my friend uh his name is jameson and i got another friend uh named enoch and, and gus and some other people but me and jameson and enoch originally were, we were planning to open we were to do the same thing basically we're um we're rastafari and we use herb in that way as a sacrament, not as a, um, I mean, it can be used medical, but that's not the, the way that we're arguing or, or living or going about it. So in any case, uh, we, although he's got his own, uh, although our friend in Colorado has his own green faith ministries going on, we wanted to kind of copy that uh, same exact pro platform prototype and just basically uh, either we were going to open uh, we were going to like cooperate with him to open a green faith ministry as uh, as three Rastafari brothers. Because I think you need three people to be on a board if you're going to open some type of um, um, charitable church, something like that. I believe you have to have three members, and you have to have uh, um, your basic, uh, you know, your document stating what your church is all about and what what every the tenants are and everything. Um, so in any case, we wanted to do it as a Rastafari-based church, um, nothing 
against Greenface, but that's how we were planning it for years and years now before we even met Brandon, uh, before we met our friend. Um, so he's helped us a lot in terms of understanding, you know, some procedures. And now we want to take it to the next step. So we were either going to do it by ourselves in terms of just uh, do it, you know, a Rastafari church, or we were going to do it uh, as three Rastafari brothers that are opening up a branch of his green faith ministry. And then from there, after that precedent was established in uh, this jurisdiction, then we would go ahead and open up uh, the Rastafari church independently because then it would be, uh, you know, the major battle would be over. So in any case, we were uh, looking into doing that based on, on what he had did and then I started seeing how a lot of these things interplay. And I heard uh, Bernie talking about trust, and I heard him talking about um, something about being an ecclesiastical judge and how something uh, to the effect that uh, that has an equal, equal standing or rank within their society. I don't really understand uh, too much more about what, what you've done with it other than those basics. And I, I took some notes the other day. Um, I don't know if I have them on me, but just some basic things about what you said the strongest type of trust was and then kind of how to how to go about it briefly. But uh, I'm, my, my knowledge of trust is uh, not too great. I, I understand the basics of it, but I don't really, I've never actually put one forth and completed anything. And I know that they're powerful. Uh, I also heard you say the other day something about um, when people want to do like a common law trust that that gets uh, looked at as a basically a, um, a contract and then it's it gets pushed under statutory so therefore then it kind of brings you back to square one so uh, in any case you had a, you had suggested that you were doing something different and I think that it's hand-in-hand uh, hand with what we're doing. It probably strengthens our position, at, le at least parallel. It's at least a parallel uh, way to go about it, if not the best way altogether or a way that we can use in combination. And I'm not, uh, I'm not really sure how to bring it about, but I know that uh, with all these minds working on it right now, we can figure something out. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. It's... it's uh... That's good. You know, you're you're approaching it as a teachable person, and that's the best position to be in. Uh, you can learn a lot when you're when you're saying, "Teach me." And nobody was born knowing this stuff. I was not born knowing this stuff. I had to learn, just like you have to learn. And uh, I uh, I've also studied how to communicate and teach this stuff, and I've practiced over the past 23 years, teaching people how to do the things that I've done. So I think we've got a good match going for us here. The um, thing about the, uh, the green faith um, ministry in Colorado, the first thing to do if you're going to do anything that they're doing, the first thing you should do is See if you can get a copy of their founding documents. Yeah, I believe we have that. He sent it. He sent okay. us over his paperwork. 
Okay. Uh, if if you could send that to uh, Rocco, Rocco and he could send it to me, that would be yep. a great thing because that way then I could see what they've done. I have done uh, – you heard me mention on the call the other night, you heard me mention Corporation Soul too. Mm-hmm. And the Corporation Soul is actually filed with the state and creates a binding contract with the state under their statutes that stipulate how they are to recognize our free um, exercise of religion. So it's a very it's a very solid thing. Now, I've written Corporation Soul founding documents. I started out in Washington State, and then I did some did quite a few in in Nevada. I've done them. Uh, I think one in Utah. I've done several in Montana. I've done several in Arizona. Uh, I've done uh, many, many, many of them over, you know, maybe uh, well, many in uh, Wyoming. And I've done one in Colorado. Colorado is a very good state to, to uh, file a corporation sole. And mm-hmm. you file a corporation sole there, it will bind the attorney general uh, unless he really wants to get himself in deep trouble. The uh, the corporation soul is a organization, a, a religious and uh, charitable, scientific and uh, research organization, educational uh, uh, entity form, organization form that's well over 500 years old, and it has a lot of common law testing behind it. So. They don't go to court very much unless somebody is just really, really messing up bad. And usually it's the guy who writes it. The people that are operating it, if they were if they were taught the few rules that they have to follow, like don't commingle funds, don't get involved in drug trafficking, and don't get in, involved in arms trafficking and people trafficking and money laundering, just a very few things that you really have to watch out for. And evidently, the people there in Colorado that you're you're trying to to get a handle on, um, they've got some things figured out. So uh, I think one of the first things would be to... uh, uh, get a copy of that to me. Another thing, there are things to keep in mind. You know, people talk about public and private and and uh, and commercial and non-commercial and a whole bunch of things like that. And they're <clears throat> they become buzzwords in the in the patriot community. And some of them are just buzzwords that that get people busted. One of the things to keep in mind is that you're, Go ahead. Uh, one of the things to keep in mind is that your your written word is going to take precedence over your your verbal word any day of the week because and that's because two plus two does not equal four. T O 
plus T-O-O does not equal F-O-R-E. You know, right. If you have, you know, there's there's just no way that written, that, that verbal communication can be as accurate as written communication. So, so your written word, when you have a contract, such as your social security number, your driver's license, your voter registration card, and, and dozens of other things that you've taken on over the years and not canceled them and not revoked your signature off of the contracts, then they will guide a court in making a ruling much more than any verbal protests or, or affirmations or allegations that you make. The court is going to have your written word right there, uh, and that, that's what they're going to go by. One of the books that I got a hold of, maybe, oh, it's got to be 32, 33 years ago now, uh, was the Handbook for Special Agents by you know, the IRS Handbook for Special Agents. And in there, it tells the special agent how to prepare for a court case. And uh, you know, I, have it, I have scanned copies of the pages of the book in my hard drive, but I wasn't prepared to, to be reading them. From memory, what it says is the, um, uh, when you're preparing for a court case, the special agent is to visit all the local area banks and pick up copies of the signature card that any signature cards that the person signed and attach those with the complaint and summons. Now, you're not going to get copies of those when, when, they, uh, when they serve you with a complaint and summons. You're not going to see copies of those, but the judge does. So on a signature card that you sign with the bank, it says that in order to use the services of the bank, you agree to abide by all of the administrative rulings of the Department of the Treasury. And you look at it and you think, oh, okay, it's not unreasonable, but you don't realize that the, uh, the Internal Revenue Code has very, very little uh, about uh, income tax on individuals. Very, very little. It's mostly businesses. And when you sign that form, you are contractually agreeing to being under administrative rulings. Enforcement and collection under internal revenue rules are all that none of them are under very very little, uh, if any. I don't recall any collection procedures that are under Title 26 U.S. Code, which is uh, IRS. They're all under Title 27 and in 27 CFR, which are Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So when you sign a bank signature card, you are agreeing to accept and comply with cheerfully 
all the collection procedures by the BATF under their regulations. So this is another way that they just get their hooks into you. Uh, and I'm giving this as an example to say uh, if you if you have a, a Rastafarian church and you have signed away your rights as a human being or man or woman, I'm, human being, I don't like that term anymore. Uh, they, uh, if you've signed away your rights as a man or a woman, then and the uh, the district attorney brings proof of that to a judge, he may or may not let you know what he showed the judge. But the judge is going to have that for his sentencing guidelines and his procedures for the court, for how what happens when you're in court, how he treats you, how he treats any evidence that you bring. So it's a comprehensive thing, and, it, and it's something that you will have to to learn, uh, it's not impossible to learn. Lots of people have learned it. Uh, I'm a French Indian, and you don't give a French Indian a coffee break because you have to retrain him when he comes back. So the, uh, <clears throat> if I can learn it, anybody else can learn it too. The, uh, uh, the point being that the... Uh, you need to understand the laws. You need to have clear, uh, easy to understand, uh, legally compliant articles of incorporation for your corporation soul. And you'll want to do it as a corporation soul because it's much, much, much more powerful. You're saying and, uh, uh, open, open, the, open the church as a, show, as a, as a corporation soul. soul. Yes, okay. that's what it's built that... for. A trust, a trust would be for holding title to a church building or to an automobile or to a bank account or something like that. It would not be for organizing a a, a meeting group. And and uh, that a corporation soul is designed for that. That's their purpose, is to to be an organization form for a religious group. The diocese, the, uh, the Episcopalian Diocese of San Francisco, as big and huge as it is, is a corporation soul, one person in charge. Um, there are many, many, many little churches around the country organized as a corporation soul. One person in charge, really low cost, very efficient operation and recognition by the government that they exist and they have the right to exist. And in Colorado and in Wyoming and, and most of the other states that I'll help people, that I'll help people write them in and file them in, all recognize the, the uh, corporation soul as being a body politic that's a municipal government and the reason why I, I hold out for that is because a municipal government is designed to have its own recognized form of internal law 
If you want Rastafarian law, you got Rastafarian law. And uh, you're recognized, you write that into your articles of incorporation that you operate internally under Rastafarian law. And then uh, they, uh, you have the right to use that inside your group. You do not have the right to export it to other groups. To uh, if they have, if they're another group that operates under Rastafarian law, then you can have fellowship with them under Rastafarian law. But you can't go uh, outside of your area and try to involve kids. I'm thinking, or other people. I'm thinking about going and uh, to to put it really bluntly. It doesn't entitle you to open a lemonade stand and sell sacraments in the city park. That's you know that wouldn't be uh, number one. It wouldn't be very uh, uh, politically astute. Uh, yeah, everybody would be inviting heat. Yeah, everybody that's it, that would be involved would have to be a, a church to church, member to member, right, or member to member, right. And I, yeah. I presume that uh, before any uh, anything would take place, there would there would be some uh, maybe signature by anybody that wished to be uh, associated with, and they would have to sign something saying that they, you know, they would have to either sign an agreement to the Articles of Incorporation or something like that. Is that how it works? That would be in in this kind of a situation, it would be extremely wise. Uh, it it might not be an absolute requirement, but I think it's it's uh, in this situation it certainly would be very wise. Mm-hmm. And be be as upfront as you can. As soon as you get it organized and filed, then you would go to the you would contact the attorney general, and you'd contact your local district attorney and your prostituting attorneys. And you'd, you'd say, uh, look, we have a Rastafarian church here. Uh, we understand that it's not a popular religion in this country, but uh, we have a right to exist. Uh, and uh, we have, we're not trying to hide from anybody. And we're coming to you to, to inform you that in case any of our members or anybody else who has ever heard of us wants to use our facilities as a sanctuary if the police are after them and they're nervous and they're they're upset they might want to come and use our facilities as a sanctuary until they calm down and the police calm down and nobody and then as soon as everybody's calmed down uh, and he they can be uh, they can get together and talk about it and nobody's going to get hurt then uh, then uh, we'll turn them over to you. They will voluntarily give themselves up to you. you know, we're we're not going to, you know, we will keep you informed that they're here. They they haven't run away. We have we're not going to help them run away. We want everything to be done decently and calmly and intelligently. Which you know, you might be talking a foreign language to a a district attorney because he's used to talking nothing but power. 
But you can you can try to talk some sense into them. This is basically what happened in Panama with Manuel Noriega when they when when George Herbert Walker Bush uh, invaded Panama and uh, went after his ex buddy Manuel Noriega and uh, uh, Noriega went to the to the papal to the the Vatican embassy they call it papal nuncio they he went to the the Vatican embassy at, for sanctuary and he stayed there for I don't know several days to a week and uh, when everybody was calmed down he was turned over to uh, the government and uh, a guy that I know knew he's passed away now his cousin was the federal officer that put the handcuffs on Noriega and, and took him away uh, but everything was done calmly nobody got hurt and that's uh, like uh, like Tommy Lee Jones said in one of his movies uh, that's that's probably a good thing nobody got hurt uh, that's what we're that's what we're all trying to find get is a you know we can't control the police we can't control the members of our group but we can provide a, a peaceful remedy and that's that's what my whole life as an adult has been is is looking for peaceful solutions that's right so uh, I I think you're on to a very good plan uh, it needs to be talked through and 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 studied through and you need to have good solid uh, articles of incorporation that don't leave anything out I've been writing articles of incorporation for corporation soul for lots of years uh, I was helping a friend of mine write his in Washington State back in 1994 and uh, I had somebody actually gave me some money to help her write hers in in 1997 and uh, so I've been doing it for uh, for quite a while and I have a template that covers just about everything I can't imagine anything really important that isn't covered that protect your members and protect mm -hmm. your your organization I know what you mentioned anyway. the other day I'll interrupt you briefly you mentioned the other day about um, after you have the corporation soul, I believe uh, is that where you can everything you put in the, in the, uh, the church's name, every every piece of property you can put in the church's name. But then I think you also said that uh, there there was some talk about how um, uh, a member or like a, a person like myself within the church de designated to do whatever works uh, I could do charity for instance and give charity um, to whoever but but nothing is even um, the way it's set up is that nothing is even uh, you don't have to even document you don't even have to keep documents or records because it's not required or something like that as well and, and you can also Just put keeping, other things. Yeah. there are no no bookkeeping required for taxes 
because it's a non-taxable entity. Mm -hmm. uh, the IRS places no requirements on you to file tax returns. Con consequently, uh, you don't have to keep tax records for them. You don't have to be, you don't have to submit to tax audits and examinations. If they want to audit you, they want to audit the Baptist Church down the road that's filed as a 501c3 corporation and they have a board of directors and secretary and, and chief financial officer and all that stuff. All they have to do is give them a notice and go. With you, right. as a corporation soul, they have to give you a 45-day notice that they want to examine you, and they have to offer a pre-examination conference. If they miss any steps, they have to go back to step one. Okay. You know, they have the right, because we're people and, and we're living among them, they have the right to make sure that we're peaceful. They just don't have any right to to uh, run roughshod all over us and and uh, make our lives miserable just because they have the power to do it. So that's what's called due process. And due process of law is like a redundancy. It's like saying the same thing twice. The law is due process. Due process means you have the right to uh, notification and an op and the opportunity to be heard. You have you have all these basic due process rights, and they can't they are not allowed to override those or ignore them just because they want to. All right, that's where they could get themselves into some trouble. You were saying if the attorney general wanted to proceed after a certain point, then they'd really be getting themselves into a jam? Yeah, you'd, you'd have to find a way to, to enforce it. But they, uh, the, the point is, he already knows he would be walking on the wrong side of the Constitution, the art, Article 1, the, the Amendment 1. It says free exercise of religion and free means without cost and it means not under the constraint of another now there are going to be some costs involved in dealing with the corporation soul uh, it costs money to file them with the state and annual filing fees that's not I don't think that's unreasonable because they are doing work they're taking state employee time to uh, keep track of their obligations to us. And if we didn't pay for that, we would be expecting someone else to underwrite the costs to take care of our organization, which wouldn't be right. So the, they're, they're really minor fees, annual fees with the government, uh, and they're not burdensome. Okay. But anyway, there, there's just there's a lot of information that I, I've been cramming into my head for the past twenty some years here, twenty five years. Man, years. I know, I know the feeling. 
starts to get starts to get uh, intense sometimes you got to you got to walk away for a while or days and weeks months and then you got to try to digest everything that you you thought you knew and you learned yeah and come, and come sometimes back and, sometimes getting rid of things that i was sure i knew is is the the most important step uh like uh, one of my favorite cherokees uh, used to say, Will Rogers, he said, it ain't what you don't know hurts you, it's what you know for certain sure, but it just ain't so. Mm. You know, yeah. there are people, a lot of patriots who know this is what works. Well, you know it works, but it just ain't so. And when you <laughs> examine it, uh, you, and you look at all the things that were not told to you in the process of you learning that, then you can say, wow, of course it doesn't work. You know, like I mentioned earlier, your your written word takes precedence over your verbal word. When you have a signed Social Security card, when you have a Social Security number that's on, the, your name is on the card, whether you signed it or not, and uh, and you've used that number on tax returns and employment and and the purchase of an automobile and all kinds of other things. That's your contract, and it doesn't make any difference what you say. That's your contract that the courts can enforce. So that going into that subject, uh, this is something that's even more important than uh, than the actual original idea of sacrament and uh that which is that to exist as a, as this uh church entity and people that we wish to be whether uh, you're a rastafari or whatever you are you want to be a free a free man and just live your life without causing any harm to your fellow man um so we also don't want to be bothered by uh these people that have their legal issues that keep pressing us so i was thinking that um, one of the best things to do within the Articles of Confederation would be somewhat, uh, somehow to describe yourself as the entity that is uh, is lawful as opposed to legal and that you're, you're to be presumed uh, not a legal entity or not a legal person um, in, in that way. Everything to the finest extent that uh, presume that we don't drive; we only travel or move our property from point A to point B on the land, and and all of those things that are presumed about us. Something to the effect that uh, we would have a statement offsetting any presumptions in any way that we would uh, be a member of of those statutory or um, you know codes and policies. Is there uh, is that also reasonable to include in the in the Articles of Incorporation? You don't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't mix those into the articles of incorporation. Each each individual person has to do that on their own. You get yourself into that position one signature at a time. You have to get yourself out of that position one signature at a time. You can do it on one signature on a a general uh, revocation of signature document but describe the different classes of documents that you signed that you're revoking your signature off of, like all forms 1040, 
uh, all forms such as you know whatever with the with the Infernal Revenue Service uh, or B BATF, uh, uh, all the different agencies, marriage licenses, uh, all those kinds of things, you revoke your signature off of them. And, if you and that makes them – go ahead. So if uh, when you go about that process and you start revoking things uh, one by one, uh, so my, I, I know I've heard a lot about uh, the difference between being a citizen versus a national and that uh, we're all nationals, but the citizen thing is kind of put on us. We're nationals if we're born here. But So uh, my question would be then is if you if you start removing those, uh, those things one by one, uh, what ability do you have to get on an airplane and go to another country? Is, is your passport going to be invalid or, or would you ch have a passport changed to um, a national they, they handle, I, ha, I carry a passport that was issued in Washington, D.N.C., and I, I have no social security number. I'm a free man of the soil of Washington State. And uh, uh, I'm one of the freest people that you'll ever run into. Uh, I had a passport, and I was told it formed a contract that put me down you know, underneath the, the government. Come to find out, it doesn't. It was something I knew for certain sure, so I sent my passport back in and canceled it. I didn't have to do that. The, the United States is signatory on the UN Convention on Human Rights and in the UN Convention on Human Rights, which is a binding contract on them, it says that every person, every man or woman, has the right to return to the soil of their birth. So uh, if I'm in a foreign country, I have a right to go back to Washington State. But how, how do you get do out? That? But how do well, you well I, I got out. There are a lot of people that can – you can get out of the United States without documentation just as easy as people can get in. Well, if I try to get on an airplane, if I try to get on an airplane right now and, and book a flight uh, to Kenya, they're going to want to see my passport. And if I don't show them a passport, they're not going to let me board that they're plane. Not, they're not going to let you on the plane. But <laughs> if you were a fisherman or a yachtsman and you went into a port, uh, in Kenya, in Mogadishu, you want to go in there. You you have people you're going to go see, or you uh, tie into a, another boat offshore, and somebody with a passport takes your boat in, and you go in uh, in his place on a on a Kenyan boat. You know there are ways to get places. Uh, I don't. You know, I've never done this. I'm just talking hypothetical. But uh, that's just uh, – you can get someplace and, and be someplace without documentation. Uh, but they have to provide a way for you to get back in. That's what your passport does. They, you know, the passport also lets you leave. So you have so, the passport. Even with your yeah. free – you still have a regular yes. – 
what was called like a U.S. passport, a U.S. national passport, yeah, a U.S. It, passport? It, it, it's a U.S. passport. There's no social security number attached to it. Okay. I know that because uh, it took me two weeks to get it, the first one. I've gotten a re, I've renewed it without a social security number since then. Uh, I know you can have a passport without a social security number. That's good to know. I had a, I got, I got one of those World Service Authority passports before. Have you heard of those? Yeah, I had one, and uh, the only good it ever did me was it got a check cashed for me one time. Yeah, I've, I've used uh, I've used it as ID for a couple of things before, and uh, you know I'm sure in certain places it still has limited ability to work, and it, it's it's supposed yeah, to work supposed according to, be, to international. It's supposed to be two or somewhere between two and four countries that officially recognize it. Mm-hmm. But why why go through the 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 expense yeah. and the trouble of that when you can get a a, a U.S. passport if you have if you really have exercise re- rescission of contract release of powers of appointment and revocation of signature and gotten rid of your social security number then you can get a U.S. passport without a social security number when I was in the the um, uh, in the U.S. Embassy in in Mexico City to get a new passport after being 10 years without one. I I went to the U.S. Citizen Service Center and I asked her uh, to help me get a passport. And she says, uh, okay, so what's your social security number when it came to that? And I said, I don't have one. I told I told her, you know, most likely it's it's not going to be easy because I don't have a social security number. And she says, "Why not?" And I said, "I revoked it, I rescinded it, and released the uh, other side out of any powers of appointment and obligations under powers of appointment that they may have been given." And uh, and she kind of blinked a little bit, but not much. She'd heard of this before. And she says, uh, but you're sure you don't have a social security number anymore? And I said, yes, I'm sure. What I did was legally sufficient. She says, okay. She never brought it up again. I was there for two weeks. And uh, I'd go up there every few days, walk over from the hotel and, and, uh, and talk to her. And she'd say, we're still looking, we're still looking. Finally... Uh, they were having a protest against the United States for some, something or another. There, a whole bunch of people jammed up outside and police taking pictures of the crowd. So I I stood facing their camera and then I stood sideways to the camera so they get get a good picture of me. And uh, then about, uh, I'd been there about 15 minutes and this pretty little lady came up alongside me. She's Bernie and I said, yeah. She says, uh, I'm Lourdes, and I said, okay. And she was the Consul Services Center. And she says, uh, we found everything except your merchant marine officer 
documentation. Uh, we, you know, your 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 merchant merchant Siemens card and that sort of thing. Uh, we will have to have a picture of you from years gone by. We found your original application for a, uh, a uh, passport, and that's in line. That's okay. It didn't have a social security number on it. And uh, but we need a picture of you, and there should be one in your Merchant Marine stuff. So we'll need your permission to get a picture of you. And I said, no problem. I signed it so she could get a picture of me. And that's all it said was just get a picture of me. I, I read it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and I thanked her profusely, and she said it's taking 10 days to get these new kinds of passports from Washington, D.C. down to here. We used to be able to issue them here within hours. We can't do that anymore. It's going to take 10 days. I said, okay, so I went back to the the hotel. Five days later, she called me up on my cell phone, and she said, it's ready. We got it. So they cut their time in half for somebody who had no Social Security number. Everybody else that had, yeah, everybody that had Social Security numbers was waiting 10 days. I waited five, and I was on my way to... Panama. Great. So I am of different status, and uh, provably so, different status than most people. Uh, it's not an easy road to ride. It's it's uh, if you were hoeing beans, I'd say it wasn't an easy road to hoe. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a t- it's tough. It's real. You can't blame anybody else for anything, and nobody's there to pick up the pieces but you. So uh, it's not for the faint-hearted, but it works, and uh, I know it works because I am doing it, and other people have done it too. Hey, that's inspirational. Yeah, you're in a spot a lot of us want to be, and it's just a matter of wrapping our brains around the process and digesting and and then having uh, the fortitude to, to carry everything through over yeah. time. Yeah, I wrote a book on how to do it back in 1997. It, I was trying to get it up to 100 pages, and uh, it, with the descriptions, it, it and uh, it got up to uh, 130 or 140 real fast. And... Uh, People started picking it up. Uh, it's now up to almost 300 pages. But I I quit marketing it. Uh, well, maybe oh, 13 years, 14 years ago. I pretty much quit quit trying to sell it because the people would get the book and think that by having the book. They could hit an IRS agent over the head with it and make them go away without having to read it, without having to follow it, without having to change their life. 
and I had people file just take the 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 papers that I I showed them how to prepare and without understanding them or anything else they would notarize them and send them off <clears throat> and they didn't change their behavior and it's the change of behavior that validates everything and and separates you uh that's right they uh uh, there were so many people that got out of the system, and they were free people. And then in order to make a living, they had to go back in and use their Social Security number again. And they went back into the system. You can only claim fraud one time. And after that, you're party to the fraud. You can't separate yourself for fraud the second time. There are other ways to get out but uh, not that way. So it just was so hard on me emotionally to watch people get out and be free and then go back in. Uh, I just uh, couldn't handle it anymore. So what I did was I, I uh, started spending more time in teaching people how to to uh, put put all of their assets into a trust that would keep all the the predators away from it and put all their liabilities like cars or anything that would have to be insured because it could get into a wreck and be sued anything that can be sued like a house or a car uh, is not an asset that's a liability so you isolate your liabilities in a trust, like a, one trust for a car, one trust for a house. If you have a, a house with a, a big uh, a big piece of ground, then you might have the street address of the house, like 123 Main Street, uh, owning the house, and use the meets and bounds, like range so-and-so west and all the, the land agro measurements describing all the property in another trust because a lawyer being lazy and stupid he's gonna oh we're gonna sue his house so he uses a street address he never never considers that the dirt underneath it is in another trust so he wins his suit against you against the house and then he wins it and you say well you won fair and square and uh uh, as the trustee over this other trust that owns the dirt underneath that house that's now yours, I'm asking you and, and informing you, you have 30, 30 days to move the house and uh, so I can rebuild and, and uh, put another house up there. And he's going to scream and yell and holler, but that's actually when the real trial begins is when... Uh, he realizes that he's going to have to negotiate in order to get anything because uh, the house that he bought, that he supposedly won, uh, he can't use. Yeah. <laughs> that's anyway, a, then that's, that's you might even want to have it. If you have a, if you have a horse, 
each horse, each cow, uh, if they could break through a fence and get out in the street and be hit by a car, you could uh, you could have a you could have a, a milk cow that ends up being worth a a, a BMW SUV because uh, this BMW SUV hit your cow that was out on the street where it shouldn't have been, and uh, he sues you to fix his SUV. So they need to be owned by trusts too, unless you're way out in them in Nevada or Eastern Oregon. You were mentioning that earlier that uh, you had success in Wyoming and different places. Is so, so is there some places that uh, you found that is not the same? They're doing things differently. Uh, specifically, how do you feel about uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota? I, I I don't uh, I don't think either one of those has uh, corporation sole statutes. So what I would do is file one if you were going to do a a corporation sole unless unless your your friends that um, that have the the religious society in Colorado if they're using a a Colorado corporation sole then we can take parts of that merge it with parts of what I've done in Colorado and Wyoming and come up with a better document than either one for your purposes. Uh, but it, then it would go in under full faith and credit. It would go back to Wyoming, from go back to uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota. <laughs> uh. So bring it in, bring it in the back door. Yeah. Okay. So here, yeah. So you're saying here, then we uh, we can't just go ahead and file the corporation sole here. There's only some states that have that, and we'd have to go through those states initially, and then uh, after that step, then we could transfer it over to any other jurisdiction or state or territory. That. Uh... Kinda, you know, there there are legal steps different. Uh, you're using some terms that are are uh, legal terms of art, but the uh, basically you file it in in Wyoming or Colorado, and, uh, and I can do either one of them. They're they're both very very. They're the top number two number two top states. Wyoming is best. Colorado is right there behind it. Um, okay. They, uh, um, and and then you would you would take it into Wyoming, into Wisconsin or Minnesota, and you would look for laws. They're they're going to hit you with something called foreign filings. Uh, a foreign corporation coming in and doing business commerce in their state but you're not involved in commerce mm -hmm. so right. what you do is you look for for their laws that are the same as the florida laws that say that having a a posting location or mailing address and having a bank account 
do not rise to the level of doing business and do not require having a foreign filing. You look for the same laws up there. And when you find them, you, you, uh, you apply for recognition. You take it to maybe to the county recorder and you record the document as a public document in Wisconsin uh, or in Minnesota. And you, uh, uh, that way it is, everybody is on notice. The effect of recording a document is to put the whole world on notice that these are, these are the facts involved in this organization. Once you, uh, once you have that set up, you said you can put, uh, you can put different properties, liabilities, or assets into a trust from within that. Yeah, that right? what, what you would what you would do then is have me create um, various trusts. If you need, if you have a car, a house, and a boat, uh, then you would get three trusts and a bank account. You'd have four trusts. Uh, one bank account would be in the name of the corporation sold. Uh, you would just keep. Uh, a relatively small amount of money in that. You'd have a bank account for the car. Before you buy the car, you get the trust. You fund the bank account with enough money to buy the car, get the insurance, get the license plate, and have a few tanks of gas and tires and a tow maybe. A few hundred dollars uh, above the price of the car and the insurance and license, and and that's the only value that you keep in that bank account. If somebody runs into your car and says, "I can sue these people," then uh, they're not going to get very much. the The fact of the matter is, when a lawyer sees that a trust owns the car. He's going to tell his clients, be satisfied with the insurance payment because I'm not going to make any money off of this. I'll take what I can get out of your insurance payment. That's what he's going to be telling his, his own client. If you owned it or if the corporation sole owned it, if everything was in one big trust and it had a huge bank account or it had if, if he could take the house as well as the car, then you'd be getting yourselves a lawsuit. What so about you, uh, you have, Go ahead. You have, me, you have me make one trust for each asset or liability. If you have a collection of gold coins and silver coins and some cash, that would all be kept in one uh, asset trust that, that would protect assets. But everything that's a liability would have its own uh, isolation trust to isolate the liability away from your the assets that are in the asset trust. Is that making sense? Yeah, I see how there's different uh, different ways to do the asset or the liability. Well, I got a question from there. Is there um so in our case, would there be 
a trust created for X amount of sacrament, or would that not be needed? And we wouldn't need to put uh, any sacrament in a trust, would we? Um, I had never considered that, but you know, you you might be onto something. If a trust held it, then they'd have to go after the trust, not you, not the car, not your bank account. That that that's that's a brilliant idea. Thank you. And and another thing, what about uh, I know previously from listening to Carl uh, deal with property and your uh, little bundle of joy. How uh, how does it work with uh, with your your um you know your creation that your co-creation with your your partner? Could you put your yeah. creation inside uh, of people? No, people. It's for 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 things. It's not for people. I remember uh, one of the like the word thing. I remember we had uh, we had investigated that and uh, what we had came up with was a thing could uh, include your creation, your property. A thing could be your property, and uh, since a since a minor doesn't have uh, any, uh, they're not technically a person because they don't have any uh, any um, what any responsibilities or duties. They're uh, they're under. If, aside from aside from that, just the fact that they're your they're your your property, they're a thing, they're your thing, they're uh, they're your. You know, uh, one you, you one a, friend uh, one friend who lives in Florida used the UCC to get his children away from a spouse from an ex-wife. He used the UCC and he did it. I'm not sure exactly how he did it. I think I. I think I could figure it out, but he treated the kids as his property, and he got them. Uh, but that's uh, I I would. Uh, that's another conversation. I was just thinking. Yeah, that's that's another another thing, and I'm I am not completely up to speed on all the laws involved. I think with what you know about using the word the word thing. Uh, we can talk about a whole bunch of things that way. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, this is why uh, I'm looking forward to getting my own website and just cover religious topics. And uh, just uh, separate myself even more from business. I'll have to have... I'll be doing the the corporation soul and trust for the rest of my life, and training my my daughter and son-in-law, along with a covering Baptist minister that I know, uh, that he's been using corporation soul since 1999, and he's been out of the system with no social security number since 1999. Uh, he's. Uh, uh, He's my designated replacement if something happens to me. And, but we'll, uh, you know, we, we've got, uh, anyway, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, uh, Rocco, uh, yeah. are there any other people that want to ask questions? Right, I see one from uh, uh, from Chad. There's a question. Is a retroactive trust agreement legitimate? I had someone tell me that if you create a private, irrevocable grantor trust, 
with a retroactive trust agreement, you can put in assets after the retroactive date. Okay, I have. I I I would I would not trust that kind of a trust. What I have is not a grantor trust. It's a it's a an express trust under ecclesiastical law created by an ecclesiastical court and it is private between consenting parties. But I can tell you a legal, completely legal, recognized way to backdate or apparently backdate something and have the courts accept it. And that is form a corporation sole. Say you uh, uh, say you purchased some Iraqi dinar uh, five years ago at say thousand uh, dollars for a million, and you have a feeling it's going to be uh, uh, well. Say you 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 find out that. Three days ago, it revalued to four dollars a piece. That million dollars that you, uh, a million IQD that you spent a thousand USD to get, is now worth four million dollars. You just got socked. If you have a grantor trust, or if you have it in your, if you try to put it into a grantor trust, or if you try to in, in. Uh, try to exchange it in your own name, you're going to pay taxes to the tune of somewhere between 40 and 60% between federal and state taxes in most places. But if you're looking at this pile of 4 million U.S. dollars worth of paper and you say, what can I do? Okay, here's a corporation sole. And along with this corporation sole package is a spreadsheet. And the instructions on the spreadsheet say, in, write down on here all of the things that you're holding in your own name that you purchased on behalf of your religious society. Well, your religious society is primarily your family and your extended family and your circle of friends. So you purchased those, not for you, but so that you could send your kids to school and so you could put clothes on them and food in their tummy and take them to the beach or take them to the park in a car. So uh, you write down the Iraqi dinar, your car, your house, your uh, furniture and appliances, your clothing, kitchen utensils. You got all this stuff listed on your spreadsheet. And you send it to me. I turn it into an affidavit that you notarize and send into Wyoming along with your notarized articles of incorporation. And in... Uh, in the Wyoming statutes, it asks you, what is the value of the assets of this religious society at the time of filing? 
So they're expecting to see a value. So we support it with an affidavit. We support the value that you put in there with an affidavit. And we have a court case from San Luis Obispo County in California, and there are others. Uh, one of them from 1924, uh, Supreme Court case, uh, but that has the property that belongs to the entity, to the society, is not yours. And it can't be taken from you to satisfy, it can't be taken from the corporation's soul to satisfy a claim against you. Now, the one in California is particularly nice because the man was given a piece of ground, uh, San Luis Obispo, County of San Luis Obispo versus Delmer and Molly Juanita Ashurst is the title of the case. And it'll be on the recording that Rocco's making. Uh, The... uh, in this case, uh, he was given some land to turn into a religious retreat. That was the purpose that he was given the land. He did not use it for his personal use. He was preparing to turn it into the religious retreat. And Molly Juanita got sick. So she went to the county hospital, ran up a bill, and the county sued to take the property to pay her bill. When he got the lawsuit, he created a corporation soul and put the title in the corporation soul after the fact. That's called, in in any other part of the legal world, that's called Fraudulent Conveyances Act or Fraudulent Transfers Act to try to defraud a creditor. And that's right. what Hold they, on a sec. Uh, Hold on a sec. We got some, some noise. I don't know. Jesse, is that you making noise? Because... Uh... I just want to have a good recording here because I'll just hammer everybody and mute them out. So, okay, Jesse. Yeah, I'm just Jesse. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm just wondering. Is that background noise coming from you? I'm just wondering. Uh, I was right. pressing the button on my phone. Are you turning a little switch? Okay, like a okay, pushing? okay. I got you. Well. Yeah, if we could just uh, clean it up and, and get some good, clear audio, that's all. Just trying to maintain integrity here. Okay, okay. what happened Sorry, there? Continue. He, yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he put the he created the corporation soul after. Excuse me. <laughs> after he was sued by the county, ah. and he transferred the title after he was sued by the county. And the prostituting attorney said, you can't do that. That's Fraudulent Conveyances Act. And they went into the lowest county in the court, in the in the county, lowest court in the county, and uh, that had jurisdiction. And that's what the, the attorney alleged. And the lowest court in California that could hear that case said, no, what he did is legal and proper. You can't have the land. It's not an alter ego. And so the county of San Luis Obispo was sure that they were right, so they appealed it. 
They went to the appeals court, and the appeals court judge said, no, you can't have it. It's not an alter ego. You can't have corporation's sole property for allegations against the officer, and you can't have the officer's property for any allegations against the corporation's sole. And they affirmed the lower court decision. That's how solid our entity is, how, how solid the idea is to use the corporation's sole for holding title to property. Um, so they were, they were filed under California statutes, which are possibly my second least favorite of all the states that could be filed in. Alaska is the worst. But uh, the uh, state of California is, is very, very oppressive, but not as bad as Alaska. Uh, California, not California, Colorado and, and Wyoming are really, really nice to deal with. So you file the, uh, the affidavit saying that your Iraqi dinar was purchased on behalf of your religious society, and you run that affidavit through the court. The, the uh, Secretary of State of Wyoming keeps a copy, and it proves that it's not yours. It can't be taken from you. It belongs to the religious society, and it's not taxable. That brings up another subject. The um, uh, any donations or any any property that the IR, the uh, the trust or the the corporation sole has is considered not taxable by the IRS, and they give you written evidence to prove it. They give you written confirmation. On a CP575E, or if you're not able to download it, and you write to them and say, I need confirmation of, uh, or clarification of the tax filing obligations, they'll send you usually a, six, uh, a 3064C, and it says uh, this organization has no filing requirements at this time. So they're telling you. You don't have to trust Bernie. Uh, right. Okay. I had to mute him out because there was just too much noise. But anyway, we're back. Jesse. Yeah, I'm here. I just sent you okay. a uh, yeah, I... Okay. I just muted there. There's just too much background noise. Um, did anyone else want to? Come in and ask. I know Gus wanted to be in line or or mention something about speaking. Ask some questions. And just jump in, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm here to help. Right. Hey, can you hear me? Right. I yeah, can hear you. Can hear you. All right, cool. Um right now I'm getting out of the gym. I'm about to be in my car in like about five minutes. I'll jump in the car right now. Okay. Great. Cool. Hey, this is Gus. Uh, is this a good time? Yes. Perfect. Perfect time. Yes. All right. I, I'm retired. I've got a pension coming in. 
and I was wondering, um, I've been looking to exit the system one, one piece at a time, haven't figured out how to do any of it yet, and it's really good to hear you. Um, but I'm getting a, a pension from being a union carpenter, and when I exit, does that mean I have to leave that pension behind? You'd have to look it over. Uh, you'd have to look over their agreement, your agreement with them. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been a member of UB, uh, UBCJ, and, uh, and I know that they had uh, – that was one of the ways that a, that a business agent could get himself in deep, deep, deep trouble with him was ask too many questions about what happens in the pension fund. But uh, the um, to try to answer the the uh, the question, I I'd have to look over the the terms of it. I was only in for about ten years, and and I worked a lot, but uh, I never did draw any any pension or even or even look into the pension fund. Um, I I entered in the 80s, and uh, they renew the contract. They rene renegotiate every so many years, and it's, so it's been renegotiated probably a dozen times uh, since I first got into the union. Um, would I have to get a copy of each one of those uh, those those uh, those contracts? I, I would I would guess not, just because they would most likely. Uh, incorporate and pass through to the next contract any of the obligations, but just, I could be wrong very easily. Yeah, it just all depends on the on the the wording of the contract. Well, either way, when I signed up for my pension in 2015, uh, whatever I signed at that time would probably prevail over the rest of it. Whatever they signed obligating themselves to you would obligate them too. Yeah. All right, I'll get to yeah, the topic. I was out long before you got in. Ah. <laughs> I I got out in about uh 1977. Yeah, I was uh, 10 years old then. <laughs> I guess. Uh, it was... Hey, Mal. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> good to hear your voice. Just Lane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Gus. Yeah, good to hear you. Um, I, I've seen you, yeah, years years past, and uh, but uh, just never uh, spoken with you. So I was listening to the recording last week, and I could hear all you guys talking. I was like, man, I miss you guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it was uh, it was really nice to hear Bernie talking. I I got one of the recordings from a friend of mine in New Hampshire, and uh, and I, I was spreading it around, and somebody happened to know Rocco, actually Jesse uh, knew Rocco, so we uh, we tied in with him this week, and I was uh, so I've been doing the Carl Lentz stuff for about three or four years. Haven't really talked to Carl for about a year now, but. Um, yeah, it was a good foundational you know, amount of information, but you know, it's time for me to move on. And there's a lot of people that I help out that are looking to move on. A lot of them are, are you know, on the call tonight, and uh, so it, it's really nice to hear you guys again. It really is. 
Yes, cool. Thanks. Same here, Gary. Same here, Joseline. Thank you. The pat on the back uh, is only about a foot higher than a kick in the butt, but it sure feels a whole lot better. It sure Uh, does. Bernie, is yeah, there well, um, is this uh, the, the people? Um, I mean, like Mel and and some of the other people on the call. When we find something we want to study, we dig in. We dig in hard. We study hard. Uh, it becomes our life until we figure until until we feel that we are caught up or at least able to hold a, a good conversation. And so, I know there's people. I've already been asked three or four times tonight. Where can I get more of Bernie's recordings? Where can I get more information? And so I don't know if you've done calls like this in the past where we can, you know, pull all your stuff together so we can just all share it and just get caught up uh, as fast as possible. Well, what we're going to do, yeah. Gus, or just Elaine, we're going to have Bernie on 24-7 if we need to. Right, Bernie? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not young enough to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I'm here to help. I have another call. I do two other calls in the week, one on Saturday night, one on Sunday night. And uh, four calls in a week are going to be a little much. Uh, I'm just getting over a bout of bronchial pneumonia. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to get back up to 110%. Uh, my health is actually improving over the years. Uh, two years ago, I went to a, a here in in the uh, in the mountains of western mountains of uh, Panama. They had a free blood pressure screening clinic, and I had blood pressure. I was just really happy with that, and I I told the doctor that, and she just she just she just laughed and laughed and laughed. You know, it was two hundred yeah, over one twenty. We're going to and, get uh, um, Bernie's material um, over. We're working. We're just separating out, um, like, the the foreign currency stuff. And so that's all because that's our flavor of things. So we'll, we're going to get the org up and running. We're working on it, getting files, and we have to consult with Bernie to to really uh, sift through this. So it's a, it's a work in progress. And we'll get back to you, but looking, but look for rockofancity.org to be up. So it's all we can do for you, you know. Now maybe okay. get some some trickle out some files and what do you? But that's you'll have to contact me at genocideordergmail.com and uh, Mel if you put your uh, contacts up in the room, that'd be great. Yeah. What what I'm gonna do, Rocco, is sure, I'm I tired. have I, I I have files. I have yeah. files from uh, from way 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 back yeah. on my computer, and I'll I'll be transferring files to you uh, as soon as you get it organized in a way that you can can sort things and 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 have a way to to get quick access to them, and yeah, I'll load you up with I'd... more information than you can handle. Right. It's it'll be it's Darlene who we spoke who might work on your website as well. So she she was on the call, yeah. you know, before. So it would be the same thing. It would be me, you, Darlene, and Mel um, hashing through just 
doing yeah. this data migration updating uh, uh, and what's the word sanitizing where needed because yeah. it's inter yeah. intertwined with other issues and other parties we we don't want to commingle so right they uh but i you know i've been doing this i've been doing in person i did in person seminars three and four days uh, around the united states for 10 years and uh, and I've been doing uh, call-in type uh, uh, seminar workshops nightly, you know, conference calls uh, for about six years. And uh, there's, you know, I've got a lot of experience at it, uh, and some of them have been recorded, but we want to record the ones. Morocco, because usually I'm talking about Iraqi dinar or uh, Bitcoin or something else, and you guys are interested in more personal liberty uh, and how I'm and I'm presenting the portion of of how to interface uh, corporation soul and these charitable religious trusts, uh, uh, private between consenting parties. Under under spiritual jurisdiction, which put, makes them just totally outside of statutory, and they can't touch them with an eleven foot pole. They uh, this is this is a totally different subject matter than I've than what I've been talking about most of the time for the past four to five years. This is what I like. I want to see people learn Amen. how to be free people on the soil, under the laws of the Creator, not under the laws of man. Uh, Psalms 118.9 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to have confidence in princes. So that that's you know, my my law book is the Torah, and uh, and like the. Uh, uh, the uh, Code of Federal Regulations, you know, the Constitution is like the Torah, uh, the, and the Codes of Federal Regulations are like the Prophets, or U.S. Codes, and then the implementing regulations are like the writings. So, you know, there's, it's just, we've got a, uh, I think we've got superior law, uh, under Torah, but it's just a matter of learning how to use it and uh, finding a way to separate ourselves out of the other jurisdiction and corporation soul and the charitable religious trust and ecclesiastical jurisdiction do that. And not only they do it, they're recognized in every state law book. Uh, you open the state law books and on the first page, it's going to, tell you these are the jurisdictions that we recognize and ecclesiastical is one of them so we're not trying to we're not trying to to overthrow the government we're not trying to fight the government we just want to live in peace within our own law that's right go, go Gordon, ahead, would Mel. you please go over this is mel uh on turtle island and and my law is the law of peace 
sitting under the great tree of peace. But however, are all corporation souls equal? Would you oh, please? no. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I, that's in, uh, in my workshops. I had uh, about, about two hours, sometimes I would do three hours, talking about different kinds of corporation soul that had been written, and many of them had been to court and been pierced, and uh, and I have examples of them. And uh, the very worst, I mean the very worst, well, there was one guy that I knew, I sat and talked with him for about three hours one day, and he was talking about his philosophy of how he writes his corporation's soul, and... and uh, after he had already ripped off maybe $30 million worth of investment money that he had in, defrauded people out of, uh, he took off to Europe. Uh, I was talking with him in Arizona. But uh, he took off to Europe and disappeared. Uh, his was really bad, but it wasn't the worst. Uh, his name is Howard Welsh. Uh, the the worst I saw was a, a guy in Montana named Frank Elena, and his incorporated 28 U.S.C. 30, uh, 3002C into 30015C. Uh, which defines the United States, and it says that an instrumentality of the United States is the United States. Well, the United States is bankrupt. And when he incorporated that section, it, it's saying that he's under, his, his entity is under 30015C, therefore is co-bankrupt with the United States, and a bankrupt entity has no more charge over its own affairs. They all have to be in the hands of a, a bankruptcy trustee. The Secretary of the Treasury is the U.S. receiver in bankruptcy. So he, he just totally gave away everything in that corporation sold. That's the worst. There are others that aren't so bad. There are others, uh, one guy in in California would get a Nevada corporation soul and then sell it to somebody and and tell them that they would be able to have an anonymous corporation soul that could own their stuff and then uh, nobody could take it. Uh, well, the sad part is if it's anonymous, if it's if it's that anonymous, it can't protect you either. The whole purpose of signing with the state and and filing this it's filed, not recorded or registered. It's filed. They stamp a file number on it, put it in a file jacket so they can find it again. Gives them no control over the entity. It just uh, that's the lowest form of interaction with the state is filing. Uh, they uh, uh, 
they they are given the right and power to uh, to recognize you, and you are given recognition that you have all of the rights <coughs> given to you under your law and under their law. So you're you're uh, you're in a very good position if you have your corporation soul filed with the state. And uh, this guy in California was giving people or selling people an anonymous corporation soul that was trading on, or the sales pitch was corporation soul are so powerful, yet they couldn't protect the people that were giving him the money, him and his wife, the money to supposedly protect them. Now, there are all kinds of them out there. And uh, and mine is, uh, well, some of them uh, form a contract with the alleged state of Nevada uh, or the alleged state, uh, you know, capital state of Nevada, lowercase state of Nevada, territory of Nevada, and a whole bunch of other things. Well, in the UCC... It says that any contract has to be done in good faith. And please tell me how you can make a good faith contract with somebody that you allege may exist, therefore may not exist. How can you have a good faith contract under those conditions? I don't think you can. Uh, It's just an alleged agreement. Uh, you know, there ours is just doesn't try to make up any uh, any new information. It just goes through the state statute one section at a time and implements it. And where the state is allowed the power of recognizing our religious society and our, our corporation soul under the First Amendment to the Constitution, free exercise. Of religion, which free in this instance means both without cost and not under the constraint of another. And we go through just like that. We don't bring in the IRS code anywhere because it's not a factor. We're a non-taxpayer. The tax code does not apply. We don't try to drag it in to say it does. And they've left us alone. Uh, They did, they haven't totally left us alone because I did get a letter about 14 years ago telling me that uh, they had taken, they had emptied our PayPal account and emptied our our, uh, bank account in Arizona. And uh, I wrote back and and I asked them basically using the same uh, procedures for discovery in court asking for copies of the documents on which they relied for this activity and copies of the documents that prove that they had complied with these other regulations. And and, uh, uh, after the third letter, written within two months, they put all the money back in both accounts. That was 14 years ago, and I have not heard from them even once, and I've had three people 
that I have uh, made angry at me, and they have tried to get the IRS to come after me. And they still would not write even a single little letter to me. So I think, you know, I know we're doing something right. Absolutely. I like peaceful solutions. In the, uh, when I was doing the, uh, the workshops around the country for 10 years, uh, the wife that I had that passed away in Mexico was with me, and people would come up to her during or after the workshop, and, and they'd uh, say, Barbara, Bernie sure has a lot of information. And uh, she'd tell him, yeah, if you're looking for somebody with a little information, Bernie's full of it. <laughs> well, we're getting the, the truncated Bernie. Just just Noah, Dinars, and the like. You know, we're just, some of us are burnt out on that. So, uh, Well, I think it's going to happen, and it could happen this week, but it'll most likely happen this month. Right. The... Uh, there's there's reasons for why I think that. Number one is Iraq is saying slow, and number two is uh, Passover is the 31st, and Passover is the uh, the 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 original Exodus out of Egypt was they they went and took all the gold and silver from all their neighbors. It was the biggest right. transfer of wealth in the history of the universe the history of the world anyway and uh, that's why the Egyptians were chasing them through the Red Sea the uh, 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 when the RV happens this is going to be it's going to be so big that it's going to make the original uh, exodus and transfer of wealth look like uh, penny any poker the uh, rv uh yeah the rv and uh what RV? yeah the the revaluation yeah it's going to be okay, so okay. much bigger it's going to be a thousand times bigger than the 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 original exodus the uh, uh they're supposed to you know, they have some things going on in Iraq that tomorrow they may do it. But they also uh, were saying today that they are going to, they're going to meet on the 29th Congress. Their Congress critters are going to meet uh, on the 29th and pass the final legislation, undefined final legislation. My guess is uh, that place over there has been called the molasses zone because it's just full of the element called governmentium that whenever it's alloyed with anything or something even comes in contact with it, it slows it down to its absolute slowest pace. They, they can delay anything. Look up governmentium on, on the Internet. Yeah. Like they can, the, uh, the ghost, you're going so slow, you're moving backwards, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what the, uh, uh, my guess is that they ha they know that they can revalue inside of Iraq, which is appears they've already done. 
yet not be able not implement it outside the country until they do that meeting on the 29th. They do the meeting on the 29th, pass their laws, put it in their gazette on the 30th. It becomes law on Passover, and the RV is on Passover, and that initiates the final homecoming. Yeah. That's my guess. It could happen that way. I've been, they've, been, they've been talking the RV, I know, for, for nine years. So. Well, at least, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's only been that, seven, that, eight, sorry. Yeah, yeah, or, right, I'll, I'll concede the, the one year, 2010, yeah. Because that's when um, I wanted to originally get a hold of you, but I had so much stuff. I, w- I was fighting six cases. Anyway, but that's another story. Yeah. And things just working their way out. So we got this going on uh, today, eight years later. So it's all good. Any Were there any other questions? I know the, Gus, Jesse, uh, the guy from <laughs> leaving the gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it. Uh, I got no it. Okay, who's this? This is Jesse still. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yep, so I was uh, also curious. Go ahead, what'd you say? No, okay. I'm just saying, go ahead and ask, ask another question. Or I want to okay, make sure yeah, everybody uh, got a chance at that, you know? Sure, sure. So um, yeah, even before I ask, uh, I'll just say that it's a, uh, it's you know, it's a blessing to know. And as you go through this experience, and uh, you start to see that humility is a real big thing, and that it's only humility that even can let people grasp certain concepts. And if you don't have your mind in a certain place, none of this is going to make sense and work for you, no matter what help and what you think you're doing so it's good to hear that a lot of people here have a lot of that humility that you the humble spirit and they're working with a good a good mind you know so and also uh from there i was uh also curious about how the ecclesiastical judge uh issue is i know you said you had got that status and it's uh separate from they're statutory, and it's. Uh, can you tell more about how that works and how a person, or how a man could do that, and how you did yours? I, uh, our group formed this corporation. Well, <clears throat> it came from from before. I had it. I was uh, the the uh, judge in charge of a uh, court filed in Nevada as a corporation soul, and then. Nevada's rules changed, so we abandoned Nevada and went to to Wyoming and just transferred everything to Wyoming. Uh, but I was appointed as the judge in the the corporation soul, uh, the the chief officer, and uh, the title is chief justice. The wording is optimized to provide a general corporation sole organization, but but optimized in in the direction of being a court. 
and and grants uh, or recognizes specific powers uh, of a court in the uh, in the Articles of Incorporation, as opposed to uh, just an educational or medical or or some other kind of a, a fellowship. And uh, I've studied you know, I've studied man's law for years. I was I was the uh, the first juror selected for the from the jury pool for the longest and most expensive criminal trial in Alaska history up to that point anyway. And uh, I was in, I, I lasted all the way through the, the uh, eight months of, of court hearings and uh, sat on the final jury. It was a hung jury because uh, three people said, well, he could have done it, murders, eight counts of murder, one count of arson. And they said he could have done it, so they voted guilty. Well, who does that make sense to? But, um, you know, prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, that that he, to the exclusion of anyone else, did the dirty deeds. And then they say hey, he could have done it. So anyway. Hey, Rocco, I apologize for yeah. interrupting money, Mike, here. It's almost sounds like it's almost like they're saying coulda is like the exact same as woulda and shoulda. Well, in in that yeah. case, yeah. Uh, in that case, they're saying by he by saying he could have done it is they're saying I'm not convinced that he did, but I'm going to vote I'm going to vote to to convict him anyway. But I'm not. It, it offended all the rest of us. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. It offended sure. the rest of us. Really bad. Oh yeah, that that's typical social liberal behavior. I'm offended. Well, I'm you know I'm offended that you're offended. <laughs> Get yeah, over it. It's a it, it's a it, what it was was a homage jury. Look it up in yeah. blacks. It's a homage jury. It's a jury not of his peers, but a jury uh, picked by the boss, picked by the the yeah. uh, the government. Anyway, it was literally done that way. And it was the the jurors that were picked out by the judge that hung the jury. And then uh, then I worked with the defense attorneys for the second trial, and uh, where we had we were out for two weeks deliberating, and we finally told the judge it's a hung jury. And uh, they. Uh, uh, they went into the next trial, and uh, I worked with the, the defense attorneys. I found the information that proved that they knew <clears throat> that the defendant did not do it. We didn't know what the evidence was that they had because they ditched it. He found mm -hmm. it later. But uh, but at the point uh, at the trial, all we needed to do was prove <clears throat> that the prostituting attorneys knew that he didn't do it. The police knew that he had not done it. So he proved that. The, the 
the defense attorney proved that. And uh, the, the jury was out for two hours. <laughs> the jury was out for two hours, came back and said not guilty on all counts. And uh, I was happy with it. But I was learning a lot. I won my first court case when I was 18 years old as a as a buck private down in uh, a little military town in Georgia, in the middle of Georgia. And uh, I won it by asking them to show me a copy of the law that I had violated. Show me the law. Right. And they couldn't. So they dismissed the case. Right. Well, since you mentioned it, I'm going to pull rank as host and say, what What are your thoughts on uh, common law juries uh, overturning uh, these decisions out there, statutory decisions? Uh, <clears throat> I don't have a, I don't really have an opinion on that. I haven't, uh, okay. I know that there are, there have been common law cases, and I've heard some stories, but I do know that uh, a, it's, um, I can tell you from, from my own family uh, that families used to be considered corporation soul, and the patriarch of the family was the head of the corporation soul. They may not have used those terms. But back in the mountains in uh, northeastern Alabama, where my grandfather's family was from, uh, uh-huh. one of his uncles or cousins uh, came came back from town one time, and and the next morning he went and cut a hickory switch. He took it to his dad, and he said. Uh, uh, I'm really sorry, but I really cut the fool last night in town, and the sheriff's going to be coming out to get me and take me back to town and put me in jail, and I want you to whip me. And uh, he told he told my I guess it was my great granddad. He told him what he'd done, and uh, so uh, he got worked over. <laughs> Worked over yeah. real good with that hickory switch. And sure enough, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the, the sheriff came out. And he says, uh, come out to get your son Hank and uh, take him back to town. And my great-granddad says, uh, uh, I don't think so. He says, he told me what he did. And I whipped him. I punished him for it. And there's no double jeopardy in the state of Alabama. And oh, so nice. the sheriff wow. says, uh, take off your shirt, Hank. So Hank took off his shirt, and uh, he'd been worked over. Yeah. And uh sheriff says, all right, then. And he went back to town alone. Hmm. So, uh, wow, that's, a, that's they, amazing. Yeah, they, it worked. You know, that was back in the 1880s, 1890s. Uh, it, it's it's been a few years, and we're in a different country now. Or you are. I'm in, I'm in Banana Mom. but uh, 
the uh, uh, it's a different country now, uh, but uh, I know if you have ecclesiastical jurisdiction, uh, I know a guy in Florida that uh, he they convened an ecclesiastical court and they heard the issues. They re, they uh, they got their examination and cross examination, which is a requirement in uh, in the book of Proverbs. Uh, first man, everybody believes believes the first person to plead his case until the other party examines him and cross examines in the in the JPS 1999 where it says till the other side cross examines him. So they examined and cross examined and heard evidence. Ad, uh, admitted under oath and all that sort of stuff, <clears throat> and they they came up with their their ecclesiastical court ruling on this guy in Florida, and uh, the IRS or somebody was coming after him and saying, uh, "You owe us this, you owe us that," and he was saying no. Uh, uh, I was already tried and punished. Under the ecclesiastical law, you can't do this to me. It would be, it would be double jeopardy. And they they threatened him every year or two, but they never did anything. Finally, they convinced him to say that was all a sham. And when they got him to admit that, which it wasn't a sham, but they they browbeat him and belittled him into to admitting it, and when he did, they went after him, got him into the secular courts, threw him into court, threw him into jail, and and really did a number on him. They, uh, he, he was free. All he had to do was continue to say it was a legitimate court, which it was. All the, it had everything that a court requires. And it certainly had more than the secular courts that they took him into and, and threw him into prison. Right. And uh, but our 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 uh, ecclesiastical courts, I think, will work better than uh, than common law courts. The one of the differences is you mentioned overturning secular court jurisdiction rules. In the Constitution, it says that, uh, when when there's uh, $20, that's 20 ounces of silver, uh, at stake, you have to use common law. Your right to a common law remedy is assured. Uh, there's, you know, in ecclesiastical jurisdiction there's no requirement like that even you just take it in you write up your papers to take it into court and uh, get it accepted have have a prosecuting and defense and and uh, opportunity to be heard notice opportunity to be heard right to confront and cross-examine uh, all all of the basic rights that the Almighty One gave us. Sure, and found in Scripture itself, the the biggest yeah. law book of all, Scripture. 
Yeah, that's that's the law book of our court is Torah. And there are only about uh, an estimated uh, 265, 262, 265 laws that apply to any one man. Uh, unless you're a Levite, and most of those laws, the other, the rest of the laws are, are laws of sacrifice. How you, how you perform a sacrifice, which, when you're, when you're not a Levite, it doesn't doesn't apply. Uh, there, there are a few little laws like on Nazaritic oaths that might apply. There are laws that apply to women that don't apply to men. Uh, because of biological factors uh, there but just in general I would say between uh, 260 and 275 laws would apply to you or me right. so you, you're going to break that many behind the wheel of a car before you get six blocks yeah <laughs> yeah I'm going to do my own count. Once I get a chance to slow down my life, I'm going to do my own count of every place it says, uh, gives us a law in the Torah. Because that's where all the laws that apply to any individual, uh, well, that's where all the laws that apply to mankind in general uh, are found, is in the first five books. Individual rules, like, uh, for example, in Judges, it has some rules that deal with Samson and his hair and uh, and not being able, you know, being a, a Nazarite from from birth. Not to take a blade to a single uh, strand of hair. Right. Nazarite. You know, the... That's from birth. You know, usually that's done as an adult. But in his case, his parents were told that. You know, they, the order was to the parents. So that, but that's not a generally applicable rule to mankind. So that's why it's not a Torah rule. It's just a, that was a, a private law to them. Anyway, that's uh private law, that would be the the Talmud, right? Yeah, t I call it More, deep mud. Deep right. Right, because you just have opinions. It's opinions. it's just conflicting opinions of rabbis. Right, right. And uh, I don't I don't I'm a Kayerite Jew. Uh none of the writings of men rise to the level of, of Torah. We we right. use the, the Tanakh and that's it. The Torah, the uh the the law of the prophets and the writings. And that's it. Sure. I got you. Well Very you got simple. two hours you got two hours under your belt here. Uh, and what about gone off subject a bit, which has been good. Is somebody asking another question out there? What about the 
What about the use of fraud interest on that property, therefore becoming the third party interest on that on that name? Uh, repeat that, please. Have you heard of Have you heard of the use of fraudery? The use of fraudery term. Uh, Usi fruit. No, yeah, Usi fruit. Yeah, it's the <laughs> yeah fruit, fruit of the tree. Yeah. Like juicy fruit, but Usi fruit. It's uh, uso. Yeah. Uso. Uh, uso. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Spanish uso. law term. That's that's just basically sharecropping. It's it's you, you have wanna... the right to use it and have the and and eat the fruit and and collect the fruit collect the collect what it produces and sell it, but you don't own it. No, no, therefore, okay, cool, awesome. So wouldn't it be easier to keep it more simple and go into those courts under those terms? Uh, somebody's going to own it. Whoever owns it, owns it. And do you know uh, who owns it? They ha they have the right to. Well, that's what uh, that's what land patents are all about. Yeah, but shouldn't it be better to this use something is, than to own it? That guy is. Oh, you you use it, but you have a corporation, soul, and trust own it. But you have to find out in order to do that. And do it right, you have to get the land patent. And I, I know a guy that the actual Secretary of the Interior at the time consulted with about land patents. Uh, he lived just uh, north of Detroit in Waterford. Uh, David Johnson was his name. Uh, the, uh, I'm familiar with land patents and how they work and how to bring them up to date. Uh, you get a land patent up to date, and then you own the land. And land patents have been around since the dawn of history. In the, uh, in the, the um, Tanakh, in the Old Testament, it meant, has the word teraphim. And for years, people thought that it was some kind of a, a god. It's not a god. It's a it's a little it's a little like a a four sided uh, tower, and along that is is inscribed in cuneiform the history of the ownership of that land. It's the it's the land patent, and you had your your uh, cuneiform, you had your teraphim in your house. That was your proof that you owned the house. So the teraphim have been around, land patents have been around since forever. And you get that done, you get the land patent in the name of your your uh, uh, your religious society or your church, your corporation soul, and then you put it in the custody of a trust, and then everybody uses it because that's what you have the right to do but it's owned by a trust and it's very 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 secure hey bernie I'm I'm really go, ahead. go ahead um, go ahead a lot of these uh a lot of these things um there there's so many different things that they're abstract and some of them are are tied together but um i was wondering 
on an international level, do any of these things are they? Is there any international uh, bound? Are they bound internationally? Is there anything connecting them on an international level with uh, other countries or nation states or or such? Is it is it a by a, a link of common law or is it is the treaty or is the treaty um, is the treaties and law of nations? Right. Treaties so and law right of nations. Right to self-determination. Law of so, nations. Yeah. So this, if you have uh, this corporation's soul, or if you have a, a certain trust, is it possible to bring that with you and your person as you move around uh, diplomatically from nation-state to nation-state? Or uh, Sure, the Pope does. He's not a corporation soul, but the, the Pope, does you there uh, there's a country that uh, I've been familiar with for quite a while uh, most people aren't uh, that I'm going to be talking with when I have a chance to do so and see uh, I, I know the guy who wrote their corporation soul statutes uh, 25 years ago uh, when he took over the country, but he's passed away since then. And, and I'm, uh, what I'm going to try to do is get a chance to help this country rewrite its corporation soul statutes and its trust statutes. Mm. And, uh, and then, uh, and then make them a whole lot better because the way Richard did it was to uh, uh, to pattern them after Nevada, which is I don't like their laws. Uh, they're cumbersome, they're ugly, and they don't cover you as well as Wyoming or or Colorado. They leave too many things on the table, and. Uh, I think we can uh, we can do a whole lot better than either Wyoming or Colorado and clarify a whole lot of things in in uh, a different set of corporation soul statutes and in so doing I I will request in return to be an ambassador to be named as an ambassador to say Chile or Panama yeah, or something yeah. Yep. Hey, there's there's a hand up in the room. I don't know if the guy put his hand up because they muted him out, but there's some noise. You mind if I ask this? Give this guy an opportunity. Sure. To ask Go a ahead. question. Okay, I'm gonna unmute this fella, Master Mikey. Master Mikey, speak now. Forever hold your peace. You got a question? You'd yeah. Like to pose uh, to Bernie. Okay. So. The law of nations. Now that's an international law abiding these guys, isn't it? Well, it's it's a it's a law that all countries are are going to be bound by. So uh, if you find it in there, you've got an ally. Every every other nation in the world that is your ally when you go against a particular nation. Because all the other ones have agreed to it. 
Cool. That's 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 that, that's great to hear. So the birth certificate is a it's literally a gift certificate, isn't it? Because on the article no. fifty five on the article on the article fifty five of the Law of Nations, they literally took all all property and interest of the use of fructory. Uh your your birth certificate really doesn't mean very much. It's it's kinda like a certificate of origin, but they can't prove that they own the that that they paid for the material that went into it. A manufacturer's certificate of origin on a car uh they instead of having to buy the windshield the the right rear view mirror the left rear view mirror and all these different things that the manufacturer purchased he just lumps it all together and calls it a manufacturer's certificate of origin with your birth certificate all it is is a record that you were born alive And uh, it it really, uh, just like a baptismal certificate, uh, in the Catholic Church, uh, they say, well, you were baptized Catholic, that means you're Catholic. Well, it doesn't either, because that's why they have confirmation, communion, catechism, and all these other different things is to try to confirm and build into your mind the mindset that you belong to the Catholic Church. The, uh, and the birth certificate and, and all these other things, you're not a party to that birth certificate. It doesn't, doesn't do anything for your rights at all or against them. You're not a party to it. The only thing you're a party to is something you signed. Uh, in the UCC, it says a person uh, uh, isn't obligated on anything unless their their signature appears thereon, or they are obligated on anything on which their their signature appears. Your signature does not appear on that birth certificate, so it does not bind you. Okay, I know there's a lot a lot of people think that it does, and as long as they think that it does, they are binding themselves by it. Yeah, I think we're looking for the fifth leg of the cat, as the algebra teacher would tell me at times. Um, okay, we're 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 um, centered on trust here, but welcome to talk show. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we've been around the block, and Bernie has been around. So many blocks it's not even funny, and yeah. and and that's a subject for another show, another time. I mean, we we focus, we we run wild a bit, and uh, we we're bumping into the guardrail here, and we're I think we might lose the car door if we keep going down this path. Yeah. So that's Tracks what I'm saying. Real we, slick um, we're going up against the wall. Yeah, <laughs> we we got we got two and a quarter hours. I know. Um, I try to respect Bernie's time. In all of our time, just like I want to maintain audio integrity. So yeah, if you could, uh, you know, mute out and and not uh, hammer away on the table at home, that's great because then everybody else can enjoy and, and hear. So it's yeah, I think I, uh, I do need if everybody's, sleep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think we're gonna wrap it up here. There are other shows to listen to. This show tonight was to address a specific group of people. 
you know, Jesse, Gus, and some others. I'm, I'm not going to throw out names, but anyway, this church, you know, go back and and listen. But uh, the protection of the corporate, the the corporation soul, and uh, the trust, and and we're getting as you heard these files, this information, all this stuff will be imported, migrated over, sanitized. There's there's a lot of work to do. We're going to get this up. RocklevanZenny.org is going to be professionally brought to you by our friend Darlene. So who's working with us and hopefully working with um, uh, Bernie. So we're all mm. working together. It, this is a tech team. We are under construction putting this together. And already uh, people are in line doing some things. Wonderful things are happening. So we're excited. So with no further ado, we're going to say, I think, say, not unless you want to say anything else, Bernie, um, it's you've given us already two and one quarter hours of your time. Yeah. Well, well, you're, uh, I, you know, you guys are interested in, in individual liberty and yeah. I, I, you're, you're really, uh, you've got a, a bunch of really respectful and thoughtful and, and uh, deep thinking people. You're not a bunch of wild eyed radicals. Uh, toothless crackheads, you're uh, uh, like Hitler. He liked to say. Uh, anyway, they're uh, you're really sincerely seeking freedom. I think I can help at least most of you, at least in some part of the journey, and that's what I'm here to do. Because I've known the torment of thirst, I'll dig my well where others may drink. Yeah, I like this brother right here. He's a good brother. Thank you, thank you. Okay. And thank you, Rocco. And, 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 yeah, and Rocco. Yeah, uh, love you too, Angela. I got a, a shout out to Angela. Angela is had um, Bernie on the call way back when. So I think that's how I initially got um, connected to you. Or, or maybe it was a, a private Skype group. I don't know. It's kind of wave of information. <laughs> I thought it so, was through me. Hey, Rocco. Yeah. Forgive me for interrupting. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, uh, if you really got to shut the recording off, but um, I, I did make a suggestion to try to leave the recording on, but if you really okay, need I... to, if you really need to go, um, I can, if you wish, uh, I can start my recording and everybody can come on over and join in uh, over on mine. Sure, yeah. If you got, if you want to do an after show show, that'd be great, man. I'm, I'm, I support that. Yeah, that's man. fine. Yeah, I, I want to leave. I want to, I want to, I'm going to actually terminate this. Well, uh, I want to hit end, end to stop recording. Right? Before you end, yeah, end before you end, uh, okay. before you end, promotion. Man, yeah. Mike, back off. We're okay. Gonna, okay. We're going to promote Angela Stark. We can start an after uh-huh. call if you want to talk. We're not going to start letting uh, you promote your call. Thank you. One four two three zero six, if you wish. Uh, yeah, I put the number up right edit, now. Edit. I can. I have editors that can edit the audio. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Quiet. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to uh, cap it off. So you listen to the earlier calls. And we also have, you can go over to, um, <laughs> you know what, email me. And, and because we had one call that was a semi-private call, but which is semi-public. So I will get that out, and I'm not going to 
tell you where it's at here. So just contact me at well, Genocide Order at gmail.com and Mel at Mel. And the same one, on Wings of Eagles Trust at gmail.com. I'll start a call and, you know, let the after call. But, Bernie, thank well, you so yeah, much. We are yeah. professional in here. We are happy to learn. You are a wealth of knowledge and research, and we want to highly value your experience, time, knowledge, and research. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I love to help. You do some good stuff. People help me along the way, and I need to help other people to pay it back. Absolutely, and we're just just beginning here. We're just scratching the, the surface. So... You know what? I'm gonna hit this this end record, okay? And then uh, I'll you can say goodnight, I guess, Bernie, and we're all okay. we're all good here. No, thank you. Good all right, money, my five thousand call one four two three zero six. You guys take care. Take care, Rock. All right, yeah, thank you. Okay. Good night, all. Good night. Hey.